So this is obviously, uh, we did a prayer service back a couple Wednesdays ago, and, and I experienced, you know, what, it, what it's like to look out, what Pastor Sean and other ministers have been experiencing to look out and, and see an empty building. But an empty building doesn't mean anything more than that we can still come together that we can come together in our homes, that we can come together wherever we are. And as an example, I feel so strongly that, and we've seen it around Easter time where a lot of people would say, you know, the church is empty, but that's where it all began when the tomb was empty. It all began there. And so I want to say good morning to you. Um, like Pastor Sean said, there is a little bit of uh, little reassurance here when you see all these pictures you just kind of imagine you guys are right here with me but I also am putting in my mind that as I look through this camera you're right here with me and I know that God wants to speak something and I know men that this is going to be a message to the ladies but I want you to know that this doesn't also only extend to the ladies this extends to everyone as a church but I want to start off by saying to all the women, Happy Mother's Day. I want to say Happy Mother's Day to my mom, who is in Cincinnati. But I want to talk this morning simply about the influence of a mother. I want to talk about, and I'll give you a moment to turn there. Our scripture is going to come out of 2 Timothy 1.5 and then... If you'll go over to chapter 3, still 2 Timothy, verses 14 through 17. And while you're turning there, I just want to share a little history with you. Um, I never really knew where Mother's Day actually came from. I just knew I always have celebrated it. I'm 42, so for 42 years I've celebrated my mother. But it says that it was born out of a small Methodist church in Grafton, West Virginia. The nation here was still mourning those who had died in the Civil War, and while teaching a Memorial Day lesson, a lady by the name of Miss Anna Reeves Jarvis thought of mothers who had lost their sons. She prayed aloud that one day that there could be a Memorial Day for mothers. The prayer made a, such a deep impression on one of her children, of 11 children that she had. Her daughter's name was Anna M. Jarvis, and in 1908, her daughter had given, had called together a service and she had handed out carnations, which was her mother's favorite flower, to those who attended this memorial service in her mother's honor. But soon the idea had gained so much popularity and it began to be observed by several cities throughout the nation that finally on May the 9th, 1914, by an act of Congress and a declaration of President Woodrow Wilson, the second Sunday in May was designated as Mother's Day. And so today, I want to honor. I want to honor you. I want to have, I'm, I'm honored to have the opportunity to get to speak to you today. I'm honored to be able to speak into the women who have mothered children or to every woman who has done it spiritually. I know that most of us, Mother's Day is a great celebration. We get to honor our moms, and I'm aware that on Mother's Day, it's also difficult for some of you. Maybe you want to be a mother, 
and for some reason you can't. Perhaps some of you haven't had the best mother in the world, and maybe some of you have had a mother who has passed away. And I know there's some of you who have lost a child or you've lost children. And there are some of you mothers who are flying solo as you work hard to nurture your child's faith. And I do get that Mother's Day at times for some can seem dreadful and can seem hard. But I want to remind each of you, I want to remind you that Mother's Day can be maybe a day that may feel dreadful. It may be a day of happiness. There may be a full of emotion. But there are many women in the Bible that we can talk about this morning. There's so many that we can talk about. The Bible's full of scripture about women who had such a powerful influence throughout the Word of God. But I want to talk to you about two women by the name of Lois and Eunice. You see, they laid a very strong, firm foundation for a young boy named Timothy. You see, two women that began to impart the Word of God. Not when he was older, but they begin to impart when he was a very, very young boy. So I want to read our scripture, 2 Timothy 1.5. And it says, when I call you to remembrance, the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. And if you'll jump down to three, chapter 3, verse 14, it says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from who you have learned them. And that from childhood you, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which you are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want us to bow our heads together right where you are. And I want us to welcome God into this place and into where you are and that he will open our hearts. Father, we thank you. We magnify your name, God. You are worthy of praise, Lord. God, I'm asking, Lord, that you would hide me behind your cross, God. God, that I would speak, God, exactly what you want, God. Yes, I have notes, God. But, God, I know, God, that there are women, God. There are men that are watching, God. And I want to speak exactly what you want me to say, Lord. God, I'm asking that you just have your way this morning. Touch and move only like you can, God, and we'll never fail to give you praise. Amen. You know, I was, it would, it would be easy, in which I'll refer to the scripture, but it would be easy to, to grab a hold on Mother's Day to want to talk about the virtuous woman, right? It's, that's, the, that's the scripture that's the really gravitating to go to. But as I begin to, to ponder and think and pray, and the, the words, the influence of a mother kept coming to me. And as I began to study, the, Timothy began to come to me. And see, Timothy, I'd done a little bit of studying, but Timothy was one of Paul's loyalest friends. He was a trusted companion of Paul. See, you know, Timothy traveled with Paul. He was in ministry with Paul. Timothy pastored with Paul, and Timothy prayed alongside Paul. They became this close-knit. God was using Timothy alongside Paul. 
And if we go down in 2 Timothy where we are, Paul, 1 and 2 Timothy are a letter to Timothy. A letter in a time where Paul was in, in prison. And um, so while he was there in 2 Timothy, he starts it off with, To Timothy, a beloved son. See, Timothy had become a spiritual son to him. There's people in our life, some of us, by, by, nat- by naturally, by just by the way the cards are dealt, we have children in our life that we are raising. But there are some of us that God has put, pe- young people have put people in our life to be spiritual daughters, to be spiritual sons in our life, for us to lead them and for us to guide them. And you see, here he was in prison awaiting his execution, and he's writing two letters to young Timothy. And see, he's, these letters, some of he's teaching about how Timothy should behave as a church leader. They're also filled with some reminiscing and memories of him and Paul, and of Paul and Timothy. But as Paul writes these letters, he reflects on two very important women that have impacted Timmy's life, Timothy's life. You see, they had great influence in Timothy's life. We can see through Scripture that Timothy's role to his ministry, to Paul's ministry, was so important. But see, Lois and Eunice, early in Timothy's age, probably wasn't thinking, who could be, where could we put Timothy if we impart this into him? And if we impart that into him, what will it gain him? What they knew what it was going to gain him. And mothers and, and spiritual mothers, this is what we have to realize. What it's going to gain us is our children to enter the kingdom of heaven. It may not gain them a worldly platform. That's not what's important. But what's important is that we're imparting into them because what matters is at the end. And see, I believe that's where Eunice and and Lois were. They had no clue how God was going to use Timothy. We have no clue how God is going to use the children that he has entrusted in our lives to be used. But what they did know as mothers is that it was important for them to instill the word of God into their lives at a very, very young age. You see, we don't read about Timothy being sent to a fancy college. We don't read about Timothy going to some special school. We don't read about a seminary program that he was a part of or a theology program. We don't even read of him having a wealthy or a a powerful father of influence. Actually, the Bible doesn't talk much about his father. The Bible actually, when he refers to Timothy's father, he refers to him being a Greek and a non-believer. You see, but, but when the Bible highlighted about Timothy was the man that he was. He highlighted two women in his life. Two women in his life were highlighted. His mother and his grandmother. You see, his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois were two of the most influential people in his life. They shaped him and they molded him into become the man And, you know, they didn't even have the Old Testament. And, and, you know, that's the thing we think about. We think everybody, even in the New Testament, in my mind, I always thought, you know, you just think that, well, everybody's read the whole Bible. No, they were having to use what they had, the the Old Testament at the time. They were teaching him from a very young age. And, you see, they begin to shape him and mold him. And as as mothers and as spiritual mothers, God has strategically placed you in the lives of young Timothys, whether they're male or whether they're female. But God has strategically placed you to lead them, to guide them, to speak into their lives, to help them become 
men and women of God that he has called them to be. You see, with Timothy's life, the Bible shows us the power and the influence of a mother. You see, it wasn't, it wasn't that Lois and Eunice believed for him. And this is really what I want you to grab. It wasn't that they believed for him, but see, you, it was their faith. It was their faith, but it was their faith that was so real. It was their faith that was so genuine. It was their faith that was so godly. Timothy didn't just hear, but Timothy watched them. He didn't just hear what they had to say, but he seen it in them. You see, Paul refers to his mother and grandmother's faith in, in one in verse in 2 Timothy 1 and 5. It says the genuine faith. The word, the, KG, the King James Version uses the word unfeigned. And I went and looked and I thought, what's unfeigned mean? The word unfeigned means literally without hypocrisy. They knew that the, his, he knew that his grandmother and his mother was the real deal. Parents, I'm talk, this is why I say I feel like I'm talking to dads too. But mothers, whether we're natural, whether we're spiritual, God is wanting to use us. God is wanting to, he gives us our children in our lives. Whether naturally, whether circumstantially, or whether spiritually, he is putting young people in our lives. He is putting them into our lives so that we can lead them and we can guide them and we can impart them. But they want the genuine faith. They want what's genuine. You see, our kids, our kids see through the fake. Women, our, our children want and need to see it. They must see that we're faithful. It's a faith that is the real deal. Our kids don't want fake. They can see right past it. They can see right through us. You see, they want and they need the genuine faith, the kind of faith that says, I won't stop. The kind of faith that says, devil, devil, you can knock me down, but I ain't out. You see, the kind of faith that even when things look bad and impossible, we know where our help comes from. You know, that kind of faith that says, I'm going to keep going even when I don't feel like it. The kind of faith that says, ain't no devil in hell going to stop me. The kind of faith that when I can look at my children and I can say, are you scared right now with all this going on? And my daughter looks at me and she says, no, mom, I'm not afraid. And I say, why? She says, because you're not afraid. we got to show them. We've got to show them that we're strong in who we believe and where our help comes from. It's not a time to put things to the side. It's a time for us to gather. It's a time for us to impart into them. It's a time. They want the real deal. You heard the real deal, holy field. That's what they want. They need the real, true Genuine faith to shine out of us, to come out of our mouths. What are we speaking? What are we speaking? What are we saying during times of trouble, during times of need? What are we saying in front of our children? I read this, Charles Swindoll in his book on grace puts it this way. It's a book he wrote, grace puts it this way. And it really hit home. And at first I thought, no, that's a little harsh. But I thought, no, it's, it's the truth. In this book, he says, you want to mess up the minds of your children? Here's how. Guaranteed. Rear them in a logistic-tight content 
of external religion where performance is more important than reality. Fake your faith, sneak around, and pretend your spirituality. Train your child to do the same. Embrace a long list of do's and don'ts publicly, but hypocritically practice them privately. Yet never own up to the fact that it's hypocrisy. Act one way, but live another. And you can count on it. Emotionally and spiritual damage will occur. So many times we're quick to say, do as I say, but not as I do. And as parents, if we want, as mothers, if we want, when we create this kind of atmosphere, we create that they see that we don't practice what we preach. Whether you're preaching from behind this pulpit, whether you're preaching in your home because you're training them and you're leading them, are we practicing what we preach? You see, our children aren't led by what we say, but they are led by what we do. What are we doing? What are we doing? Do our children see the, that our time and attention goes into God's word? Or do they see that our time and conversation go elsewhere? Do they catch us reading the word? Do they hear us crying out to God? I remember walking past my dad's room many times, many times as a young girl, and I would hear him crying out to God. And I would remember many times I would sit by his door and I would listen to him cry out to God. And it taught me how to pray. It taught me how to lean and cry out to the one to where my help comes from. You see, I can remember a time when my mom, when we were young, and me and my sister actually were talking about this the other day, and my mom would sit down in a rocking chair, and it was just a children's Bible, and she would sit down in this particular rocking chair, and she would read stories to us, Every night out of this children's Bible, it was the small things. Maybe she didn't pull out this. I'm not saying you got to pull out a whole full-fledged Bible. You find the Bible that will, you can impart and you can translate to your children and you can teach them. And that is what my mom did. And I can remember, there's so many other stories, but I can remember a time. My dad had to work third shift. And my mom and us went to church. Even when my dad had to work, we were there. And we went by ourselves. And times were tough for my mom and dad then. There was times we'd be sitting and watching TV and our shows would go off because the electric had to go off because the bill wasn't paid. I know, parents, we have hard times. And I know we face trials. And moms, I know that we see some things that sometimes isn't fun. And it's, we, we, we see things and it's hard not to break down at times. But our children are looking to us for a strong faith, a genuine faith. And I remember as we're driving home, my mom making notes. I think she didn't mean to speak out loud. But she mentioned that we didn't have any gas to make it home. We were on E. I mean, I promise, fumes. And I remember my mom praying. And I remember her asking God, Lord, if you will... Get me and my children home. That's all I'm asking, God. Just get us home. And I would say we were probably about 20 to 30 minutes from home to the ha from church to the house. And I promise you, I'm, not, I'm, I'm serious. We were on complete fumes. But we made it completely home to the point that my dad said, I have no clue. He said, well, I, ha I know how. He said, but there is absolutely no gas whatsoever in that vehicle. 
Because see what that taught me. Watch it, listening to my dad pray. Watching my mom teach us. Hearing my mom call out to God when we didn't think we were going to be able to get home. It showed me genuine faith. It taught me that I know where my help comes from. Mothers, we have so much the power of the tongue. What we say, we set the mood a lot of times in our homes. You know, you hear the saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. But I promise you, we set the pressure, we set the temperature in our homes. And I'm encouraging you. Your kids, are they hearing you pray? Are they hearing you speak of positive things? Are they hearing you? Watch seeing you read the word of God. You see, faith is not inherited, but faith is learned. You will never be able to inherit faith, but you will always be able to teach faith. Are we teaching faith or are we expecting our kids will just get it, moms? Or are we expecting that we're going to impart it into their lives? Are they learning it because we lead by example? You see, we can teach children a lot of things. We can teach them to walk. We can teach them to talk. And we can teach them so much more. But there's something about when we teach them to pray. There's something about moms when we teach them to study the word. There's something about when we teach them to trust God. There's something about when we teach them to go to church, to assemble yourselves with believers, to surround yourselves and to be strengthened. Iron sharpens iron. It's when we teach them those things that that's what matters. When we can stand back at the end of the day and you, you talk to mothers who who have said, you know, I've taught my kids, I've taught my kids, and you can stand back and you can watch them. I listen to my mom and dad a lot of times, and they tell people, and I hear them say, all three of my kids are in church. My daughter's doing this, my son's doing this, my daughter. There's such a thing when we can take. The worldly things are wonderful. Sports is wonderful. Being a great dancer is wonderful. But there's nothing more wonderful, moms, when we can say, this is what we'll do. We're going to the house of God. This is our priority. This comes first because I promise that's what will stay with them as they get older. You see, mothers, spiritual mothers, are we living out the scripture in our lives? Are we, or are we simply being hearers of the word or are we being doers of the word? I read another thing, a little story here that says four scholars were arguing over Bible translations. One said he preferred the King James Version because of its beauty and eloquent old English. Another said he liked the New American Standard Version for its literalism and how it moves the reader from passage to passage with confident feelings of accuracy from original text. The third scholar was sold on the New Living Translation for it was used for its use of contemporary phrases that captured the meaning of difficult ideas. After being quiet for a moment, the fourth scholar admitted, I have personally preferred my mother's translation. When the other scholars started to laugh, he said, yes. She translated the scripture. My mom translated each page of the Bible into life, and it is the most convincing translation I have ever read. You will be... The most convincing translation that your children will ever read. What are they reading? Moms, what are they reading? What are they reading today? What will they read tomorrow? 
What will they read a year from now? I'm challenging you. Yes, I'm challenging you to be that translation that when they're old and they and maybe they can't get their hands on a Bible, maybe we can't pull up the app anymore, but that they knew how you stood, that when times get tough, when times get harder, because they're going to get harder, that they're able to plant their feet in the ground. They're able to stand on a strong foundation. You see, teaching our children the, where the, God, the Word of God starts in our homes. You see, Deuteronomy 4, 7 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk with them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You see, when I read that, it reminded me, the scripture, the scripture reminded me, it all begins at home. You see, our home is where we lay the foundation. The church, let me remind you, the church is just a tool. The church is a tool for you. Sunday school, Sunday mornings, MPK, ESM, MSM, HSM, Wednesday family night, all of those things that we have are the tools that build on the foundations that we start at home. The second part of our scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 4 through 17 says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned. And been assured of knowing from who you have learned them. And that childhood you have known, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, Paul is reminding Timothy here, you know who taught you when you learned about your faith. You know who taught you the scriptures from your childhood. And now his word, Timothy, teaches you, it convicts you, it corrects you, and it keeps and puts us on God's path. You see, God has given us his word to equip us to live out our life. Look at the impact that Lois and Eunice made on such a young person. Look at the influence that they had over his life. They didn't look to a pastor. They didn't look to the preacher. They didn't look to the Sunday school. They didn't look to those things. They didn't look to an aunt. They didn't look to all of these people surrounding him. But his grandmother Eunice or Lois and his mother Eunice had to take a step back and said, God, you have given us him. And we are going to be the ones to impart into him, not because we can, but because you can. Because of what you speak into us, Lord, we will speak out into him. And so many times, moms, we feel so unequipped that we don't know how to maybe, we open the word ourselves, and we're like, where do we even begin? But I promise you, if you will sit down and you will open the word and you will dissect it and you will allow God and you will ask God, God, open up your word to me, God. Show me what you want to say, God. Show me how to impart into my children. I promise you, he will help you. 
I promise you he will teach you and he will guide you. You see, we're influencing our kids on a daily basis. Even when you may not be aware of it. You are influencing your children on a daily basis. I want to give you this example. It's a little bit funny, but um, while I was studying, I came across this poem that I thought was appropriate for Mother's Day. It says, my mother taught me logic. She asked, if everyone else jumped off the bridge, would you jump too? My mother taught me medicine. She said, if you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. She said, my mother taught me how to become an adult. She said, if you don't eat your vegetables, you're never going to grow up. My mother taught me about genetics. She consistently said, you are just like your father. My mother taught me religion. You better pray that comes out of the carpet. My mother taught me time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. My mother taught me contractions. Shut your mouth and eat your dinner. My mother taught me to be a contortionist. Will you look at the dirt on the back of your neck? My mother taught me about my roots. She said, do you think you were born in a barn? You see, my mother taught me about the wisdom of age. She said, when you get to be my age, you'll understand. My mother taught me about reasoning. She said, just because I said so, and that's the only reason you need. My mother taught me about justice. She said, one day you will have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. Then you will see what it's like. And this one is my favorite. My mother taught me anticipation. She said, just wait until your father gets home. You know, so many things, and, and some of them, as I read them, they were, they were funny, and I, and I got tickled, and, and I laughed, and I thought, as mothers, those are simple things that we say. We say things like, and, and I'm sure I've said it as a mom, well, I ain't going to be like my mom when I get older. I look back, and I'm like, I'm saying the same things. My mom. If, you know, the, the saying that says, if you don't be quiet I'm, and you don't quit crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. I mean, we're just anticipating the crying, right? We keep it going. But moms, I want to challenge you this morning. What are you imparting into your children? What, what kind of foundation are you starting at home? You know, what kind of thing when we set aside and, and, we, and we put everything aside, are we, are we pushing aside the TV? Are we pushing aside the phones? Are we pushing aside Facebook? Are we pushing aside all the social media? Are we pushing aside the friends? Are we pushing everything aside to tell our children, let's sit down and let's open the word of God. Let's see what God has to say to us. If they'll come to the music. Proverbs 31, 25 through 30. It says, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is, her deceit, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, shall be praised. Moms, when we fear the Lord, our children will praise us. Not a praise that says, oh, hail to my mom. But it is an outward expression that says her faith is strong. Her love for God is strong. 
that when times are hard, she's strong. When it seems like she doesn't want to stand, that she feels like maybe she can't stand strong, she's standing strong. I know a lot of us are going to get gifts and going to get that, and I tell my girls, and I mean, I know I don't have a gift waiting on me. I've already been told, and it's not about that. The best gifts I were given besides the day those three girls were born is when they walk into my bathroom this morning, and they each have a card, specifically from their hearts to me. I'm not a card person. I appreciate them. But there's something about when they each sat at the table. I didn't know what they were doing last night. And I went to bed, and they were sitting in there, and they were each writing out something in particular. Each one of them were different. But the one thing they said is, Mom, you're strong. And so many times as moms, we feel like we fail. So many times as mom, we wonder, you know, we go to bed, I yelled all day. We go to bed, I should have done this. We go to bed and we let the enemy fight us. But I can promise you, through all of that, our kids see when we carry a true, carry a true genuine, non-hypocritical faith that can look past all of our failures, that can look past where we feel like we dropped the ball, And they can say, my mom is strong. My mom loves the Lord. My mom loves Jesus. When they talk and they can say, I hear my mom pray. I see my mom read. We were going to watch um, a movie, and I had been studying and studying on Wednesday night. And Emerson wanted to watch a movie. And I sat this stuff down, and I actually didn't turn it all off. I just closed my computer for a moment. I just sat there and took a deep breath and She said, can we watch a movie? And I said, sure, sure, we'll watch a movie. In my mind, I'm going to watch a movie, and I'm going to still keep looking at my stuff. And when she looked at me and she said, even though she knew I was doing what I needed to do, and it's all good and well, and she looked over at me and she said, oh, that makes me so happy. Closed it off, pushed it to the side, and in my mind, of course, you got to get in there. I already studied for hours, but there's something about whether it be that we just take our time for them or that they see us doing. What I was doing wasn't bad, obviously, but what I was doing, it showed her when I pushed that aside and I said, I have time for you. We live in a world that that is, if there's one thing that I can truly say I have thoroughly been thankful for for this quarantine, for everyone, for every one of you, families as a whole, I truly believe that God has put the brakes on and he's saying, stop. Spend time with one another. Spend time and get to know one another again. Get to know me again. The hustle and bustle is all stopping. Rekindle your love for me. Rekindle your love for a family because our family is where the foundation begins. It's in our homes is where it all begins. See, whether you have or will have physically been a mother, all women are called to a spiritual motherhood. We're all called to spiritually lead somebody. You know, we tell people, we tell young people continually, we remind them. Young people, you guys go into the largest missions field in this world, your schools. But parents, I want to tell you what a better missions field we find as parents than to have 
and our own children. Our missions field is the children that God places in our life. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, he will not depart from it. I want you to bow your heads, if you would, for a moment. Father, we thank you for who you are, God. God, we magnify you for simply for who you are. God, not what you can do for us, God. God, not the next thing, God, that we need, we need, we need. But God, we take this moment to say, God, thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for every mother. Thank you for every mother, Lord, that when she feels defeated, God, you're there to pick her up. Thank you for every mother that may be saying right now, but, but I wish I would have started younger. But God, I thank you, God, that it, today is a great day to start laying a foundation like never before. God, it's never too late. But God, I thank you. With your head bowed in your home and where you are, I always want to ask. This is Mother's Day, but I want to ask if there is anyone under the sound of my voice that's watching this. Mother, father, male, female, I don't care who you are. This is your opportunity. Right where you are, you have every opportunity to simply say, God, come into my heart. God, I give you control of my life. God, I am yours and no longer am I myself. But God, I'm you. You can do that right now. You can do that right now. Whoever you are, you can do that right now. What a great day on Mother's Day to be able to call your mom and to be able to say, Mom, I did it. I gave my heart to God. To call your family and say, I did it. I gave my heart to God. This is your opportunity. Continuing with your heads bowed, I want to ask. Actually, let's not. Let's go ahead and look at me. I'm sorry. Because I want to talk to you, to the mothers. I want to talk to all women. And I want to look at you and I want you to look at me. I want to ask you a couple questions and then we're going to pray. And I want you to, to bow right where you are. I want to ask you, God has strategically placed people in your life. God has strategically placed people in your life to be a spiritual mother too, to be an earthly mother too. But there are people in our lives that God is wanting us to bring up. God is wanting us to speak into them. So I'm going to leave you with a couple questions and then we're going to pray. I want to ask you, first, who are you influencing? What does your influence look like? Who are you mothering? You may say, well, I don't really feel like God's put anybody in my life to do those things. Ask God. God, who do you want to put in my life, Lord, that I can mentor? God, that I can mother? And I want to say, you see, Lois and Eunice had a Timothy. Lois and Eunice were able to impart into Timothy at a very young age. Ask you this, who is your Timothy or Timothys? Who are they this morning? Who is God laying on your heart that he says, teach them the foundation. Mamas, lay the foundation. It starts with you. It starts in your home. It starts right where you are. 
It's great to come into this building. I love every minute I can. There's something, when the Bible said to assemble yourselves with believers, there's something about when we come together. But there's something about when our children can see in times where we can't gather, but yet our moms can set the stage and they can lay it out and we can do church right in our living room. We can do church right in our kitchen. We can do church right where we are. We can bring the church to right where we are. So I want to ask you, who's your Timothy or Timothy's this morning?